home prices have gone up from when our parents bought and they could do 20% down, but that's the thing. You're like, you know, do I want to shell out all oh, like thousands and thousands of dollars more up front when like you got to go buy a new fridge or like your washing machine broke and yep. you didn't get a home warranty. Or you happens. can reinvest that money in something else that's going to make make money for you. So how much do you actually need to spend to buy a house? Welcome back to Millennia, the no BS real estate solutions for millennials, entertaining you while facing real life issues and giving you the tools, resources, and know-how to keep you moving up towards your housing goals. We're your hosts, Jen Anuski and Seth Lejeune, coming out of the greater Philadelphia area, and we are Millennia. All right, welcome back to Millennia. Welcome back. Episode two. Episode two. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? We're talking about, I need to get this freaking topic right out of the gate. I hear it all the time. I could literally retire if I had a dollar for every single time that I talk to people about this. Okay. And it's, how much do you actually need to spend to buy a house? So I asked a bunch of millennials and put it out to the public of, how much do you really need to spend to buy a $300,000 house? Like out of pocket. Okay. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about A, we're going to have a segment of bore you to death, but only for a little bit, going over what actually, what closing costs are. There's difference between down payments and closing costs. Would you like me to handle that? Sure. If you start boring them to death, I can help them. But (laughs) so over that first. Give me like a team meeting over here. Really? Where you get the, you get the actual facts out there, but then, you know, it's got to be jazzed up a little bit and we fall asleep. And then after that, we'll actually go into the results and the findings of yeah. what I got. How many and, people did you get to respond? Uh, probably like upwards of like 100. 100? I had a goal. I hit it. Nice. Close enough. People pulled through. Thanks, everybody. Wow. And then we're actually, we got a real life example. Our own clients that just bought a, well, they were quoted for a $300,000 house and ran numbers for that. Okay. Not necessarily that they went under contract for that, but we just ran numbers. Okay, so so we'll do a little bit of like a case study where we just talk a little bit about the journey of our clients. Obviously, they will be kept anonymous. And what what were the names we've come up with? Oh, yeah. The the most millennial name that you could pull out of your ass, Ned and (laughs) Eleanor. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't realize there's a... So if we represent you, we actually have confidentiality that we don't actually share your business. So this is a... These are real people. We're changing names because we are now in the middle of contract as of Sunday. So That's right. That was good work by you while you were trying to host people at your house and write it up an offer. So that's good good work, (laughs) Jeff. Oh, yeah. Talk about a riveting Saturday, having a seltzer fest at my house. And saving deals and sending offers and writing offers and calling listing agents and cleaning my house and getting myself ready and right. giving my cat insulin and woof. Nice. We do it all. <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's get to the uh, the boring part first. Well, I'll ask you the question that people ask me. So, so okay. set. Yeah. And- I have the cash that I need to buy a house. That's just the down payment, right? In fact, it's not just the down payment, Jen. What? <laughs> <laughs> No, so the way I explain it to all you guys on the team and I explain it to my clients is pretty simple. I would actually hope that everybody on the team knows the difference if we got licensed. No, they kind of know like the difference, or, but being able to explain it yes. is a different thing. There we go. Because we know that this can get, we've already cited it a couple of times, this can get very boring. Yeah. Very quickly. can get stale. 
It's also too like we're when we're in this every day and we see it every day yeah. and this is our life. It's like one of those things that is just like a an obvious to us, but not to the average person. Sure. Yeah. No, I know what when I say like down payment, when I say closing costs. Like obviously, I know what that means, but I often I do tend to forget that that's not spelled out for. Sure. Just Joe and Joe. So everybody take a nice chug of coffee or your energy drink for the next 30 go, to go 45 seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about what the difference is between closing costs and down payment. Down payment is essentially the money, the percentage of money that you will be putting towards the purchase of the house, meaning the 5% down, 10% down, 20% down of the purchase price. The closing costs are all the fees associated with the actual real estate transaction itself. So that your taxes, your transfer, your title, mortgage fees, appraisal, that type of stuff. So there's two kind of buckets, like a 10% down on a $300,000 house is not just $30,000. There are extra fees and those are called closing costs. How did I yes. do? Pretty dang good. Okay. So we got so that out of there. they're wired and awake for what they expect to be a lot longer. Yeah. And I mean, it's if you're ever trying to kind of like ballpark some stuff, like you're not going to know off the bat what the closing costs are going to be when you're trying to figure out how much you're going to need. But if you want to figure just mathematically really quick for those, not with the math brain. Sure. And you can use this for other scenarios like tipping, tip your servers. If you were being ambitious and you wanted to put 20% down on a $300,000 house, like our example, yep. three times two, six, 60, $60,000, where if you're putting 3% down, three times three is nine, $9,000. And then just use common sense of how many zeros there are. I mean, okay. That might be lacking in some people too. But. Okay. Does that make sense? No, you lost me. All right. Well, that's my brain. Okay. Welcome to where how that works. Yeah, well, welcome to the Anusky Dome. <laughs> if no, it made sense, leave a comment. If it didn't, well, <laughs> that's my problem. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, we've talked about that. So, how much do you actually need to buy a $300,000 house? Well, that's a loaded question. It was And a what, what were the results? Let's talk about All the right. results. So, the results. There was a really wide range so i got as high as eighty five thousand dollars and i got as low as ten thousand dollars okay so that's what i really kind of want to talk about and then sprinkle in the middle it was pretty all over the place okay there was like there's kind of like a one you know the fifty thousand or actually no i'd say the most common response and there wasn't like a lot of like similarities but i'd say probably the most common was anywhere from like 60,000 to 30,000 was pretty much like a i could say is like an average range of what i got back okay um but everybody pretty much gave like one hard number there's only maybe two tops three that said like you could but i know it could be different okay i just kind of gave like a hard number but i really want to talk about that range the 30 to 60 well the 30 to 60 and that there was that it really did kind of end up all over the map yeah, I mean, it, and it, there's actually no right or wrong answer, except for 10. Can't buy it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can't buy a $300,000 house with only $10,000. We're not, we're not here to disappoint people, yeah. but. <laughs> it's close, though. It's close, though. I mean, I think you can still do like a $15,000 yeah. with a 0% down. You can still do, wouldn't like a USDA, like a 0% down? Yeah. You still be like 15000 15 to $17,000. So the key here, though, guys, is that it is not a 20% rule. And that's what I, the reason, one of the biggest reasons I want to do this episode is because I had heard that so many times. And I was like, like I just said about how we do this every day. And like, obviously we see loans all the time, different, like, whatever. 
And I've gotten a lot of people who are like confused and shocked to hear that like this, honestly, the standard these days is really like three to 5%. And honestly, five seems to be freaking splurging yeah. <laughs> at this point. And that you don't need 20% down. They're like, wait, what do you mean? Don't you need like at, at minimum 10%, but like really 20%? I'm like, that's the boomer way, bud. Yeah. We, that's, we have so evolved from that. There's so many. I know where this comes from. So you used to have to, you used to have to put 20% down. Banks wouldn't lend you until 20% down. But when interest rates spiked in the 80s, they realized that people didn't have the money. So then they started coming up with new exotic. Back then, they were called exotic, exotic. loans. Exotic loans. Ooh. Now they're completely commonplace. Did you get a folder with like cheetah print on it too? Or nah. like, did you have to choose <laughs> your, your animal yeah, print yeah. for your exotic loan? Yeah, for, exactly, <laughs> for your safari loan company. No, the so you used to have to do 20%. And then that carried over into like a conventional wisdom bucket. So now yeah, there's a lot like of old- parents who were always saying, when I bought my house for $80,000 as they're sitting on like $1.2 million property, yeah, oh yeah I had to do 20% down on $80,000. Wow, must be nice. It must like, be yeah, nice. I could yeah. probably do that too. And it doesn't work out that way anymore <laughs> for various reasons. We're going to talk, we're going to have other podcast episodes about well, that. And I said this in the last episode too is so in our first episode when I had said times have been changing, but also the rules and the programs that become available have changed to accommodate the best that they can for the way that things have gone. Like, yep. Yes, the home prices have gone up from when our parents bought and they could do 20% down, but that's the thing. Yes, home prices got way more inflated with what people are buying right now, but lending companies have also adjusted to be able to overcome that by being able to do 3%. Well, just, just never forget, lenders want to lend. Buyers want to buy. Buyers want to buy. and Agents want to sell. Real estate <laughs> represents over 35% of this country's like in economy. So bankers and lenders had to get more creative through the 90s and the 2000s. 2000s, they got way too creative. Then the government had to come <laughs> in and pull the reins back, but they did not take away the three, five, 10% down option um, because people just don't have 20% down. And I would argue that putting 20% down on your house, if you can do it, great, but you don't really need to do it. Well, and because so, like, think of how many other things you can do with that money and like yeah. what it actually does to your payment it's yeah i look at it it might change it by a couple hundred dollars which is like cool and only thing i change it do. by thousands of dollars though by putting that right and it's like do i want to shell out oh like thousands and thousands of dollars more up front when like you got to go buy a new fridge or like your washing machine broke and yep. you didn't get a home warranty or like you or, know something or you happens. can reinvest that money in something else that's going to make money for you so right. you put you know, forty. You have a hundred grand, and you put forty grand into buying a house, and you still have sixty grand. Yeah, maybe you buy that refrigerator, you put new floors in, but then the rest of it you give to a financial planner, or you pay down your student loan debt, or your credit cards, There's or something like that. I think you perk people up with pay off my student loan debt. Well, yeah. So I would <laughs> take that money you save, pay off your student loans, get your DTI down. You're qualified for that loan. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. So I would argue that twenty percent down isn't not necessarily the best the best thing, but that is a remnant of a bygone era. And now the conventional wisdom is, well, if you can, you should. Some people interpret that to be, yeah, that's the only way I can buy a house. Absolutely. Uh, Honestly, or, I don't or, even know if I have, I don't think I've had yet. I know you have, but I'm honest. Don't judge me, Anuski. Put it this way, I, nothing, nobody comes to mind that, oh, I'm going to, but maybe not just for this. I'll find something else later. I don't think I can't can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I've had recently that 
just put 20% down because honestly, like, you know, if I'm going to have to use that money for something else, go for the three. If you really want to splurge, go for like 5%, 10% if yeah. you're really being ambitious. Well, what we also talk about a lot with our team and our clients is is focusing on the payment. It doesn't, I'm going to just say this because I don't think it's necessarily apparent to everybody who's probably listening to this, that the more money you put down, the lower your payment. Like if you put down 50%, Oh, you're yeah. borrowing less money, so it's gonna your monthly payment's gonna be lower because you're just borrowing less money. But if you put down three percent, your payment would be obviously much higher. Right. And it's all a matter of what you really need. So as far as the results that I got back, yeah. I guess I can sum it up with like it is kind of a trick question because there isn't a like one amount that you need. Yeah. It all depends on like what you need. So like if you're struggling for cash, but you're doing just fine with like meeting your like twenty five hundred, three thousand dollar rent costs. And so, like, you've got the income and you've got the money coming in, like, monthly to be able to cover your uh, monthly housing expenses, but you're short on cash, then, yeah, you're probably going to want to put, like, less down and you're fine with little, with a higher payment. But, like, if you have the cash and you're in, you're like, I have this, but I really just need to be able to have the lower monthly payment because I want to spend my money on something else. Like, I like going on vacations. I want to go do whatever it is people with a ton of money do. Can't really... Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. But like, so if they'd rather just like save the money on their housing expenses and they have a bunch to be able to put down, then sure, go ahead. But like, that's how it does range all over the place with what you end up needing to actually buy. But you don't know that until you actually talk to somebody who can look at that for you. Yeah. You can't assume. So it's amazing what happens, which is like all conversation. Yeah, well, and that's absolutely the truth. Like two conversations, you have a conversation with us and then you have a conversation with a lender, you are light years ahead of where you were previously. And if you uh, really want to spice it up, you got a conversation with both at the same time. That's right. And we, that's what we do. Yeah. You know. It's so much easier that way. Well, it is just because then it, it just saves everybody a lot of time because then, you know, you you talk to the client and then you connect the client to the lender and then the lender and then the lender's got to set up the call then they have the call and then you have to get with the lender and say how'd the call go then you get with the client how'd the call go it. it's nonsense Maybe so we streamline all that and there you'd be amazed yeah but you'd be amazed at how many agents don't so yes. let's talk about ned and eleanor all right so our last talking point ned and eleanor yeah sweet people they are nice so they came by referral you had had the initial conversation with them i was brought into it they're gonna look around my area and yeah, so they had signed a lease in May to be effective for like June or July. So they were set for another year. Yeah. They told you that we, they know that renting is just a waste of money and that they don't want to have to be able to do this, newlyweds and whatnot, and just get their life started in their own house. So let's go buy a house. But again, they don't have the pain point of like, we have to go, but it would be nice to go. But they said something to you about like, they, I mean, they said they didn't, they were looking to do next year, but. They they were saying we're in no rush. So it's very common. You have a very uh, defensive position from a, like, we're not looking to be sold. And basically when they say we don't want to do anything for a year to eight, you know, 12 to 18 months, it's a defensive posture that a lot of people say, because they're like, we don't want to be sold. Like we want to just, we're collecting information right now. You said, I was totally, you said something about like that you, they said something about where they're currently living that you're they, like, oh they, yeah, no, they, they went out. They, yeah, they have dog, they have a dog and they mentioned their neighbors a couple times. I don't think, and you just get the impression when you talk to people, like they're just not generally happy where they are. Okay. So first of all, well, yeah, because listen, if somebody tells me <laughs> that they're, if they got upstairs neighbors and they're renting, but they say that they are like good till next year. Or the fuck they're not. <laughs> I lived in an apartment. I had upstairs neighbors. Yeah. My God, I could have an entire freaking episode about my 
stupid. I got to watch how much I'm cursing on this episode. Yeah, maybe. Go You're obviously it. very passionate about it, Jen. Oh, my God. These people. Okay, yeah. well, then, no, because, listen, I had these upstairs neighbors. You know, like, the sounds that I would hear just made no sense. It's like they were, like, just chucking CD, like, playing disc golf with CDs yeah. upstairs. And first of all, they had a carpeted apartment. It was an apartment complex. So how the hell I could hear upstairs yeah. a freaking CD dropping? Like, must, you got freaking hardwood floors. Must so they were in some pain. I think more pain than they were willing to lead on. I'm going to I'm gonna let you be with your own. Really passionate about it. I could tell. You got annoying upstairs neighbors. Let us buy, get you a new house. Let's take you out of your misery. Yeah. I've been no, there. Yeah, sucks. and we won't put you in a condo because you have Delco's to Delco's going to come out real fast. The Delco. <laughs> For anyone here who doesn't understand what Delco means, that's a- Look it up. Uh, it's a- it's re- on Urban Dictionary. It's a, it is in the Urban Dictionary yeah. now. Yeah. It's good. That's good work by- Oh, no. John is- Del- No, John Oh, is. no. John's in Webster's. John. Yeah, John is in- it's a thing. It's a noun. It's a thing. It's, I, lo- it's I love that word. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, yeah, it's like a coverall word. Yeah, For so anyone outside of Philadelphia who doesn't know what John is, look that up. It's J-A-W-N. Yep. <laughs> Johnny Jen. It's more Delco weirdness for you. All right. So anyway, I mean, anyway, so yes, I got on the phone with them. I could tell there was more, um, I could tell there was more to, like pain than, than they were leading on. They got right on with the lender and here we are uh, a week later looking at houses. And you showed them houses, right? You did a virtual tour with them? We, I was out looking at houses with them. Yeah. I showed them. houses. I showed well, them I houses. I showed them one in Potsdown first. I was okay. first time I met them okay. with Jackson. Are we a team? We're a team, right? We are a team. Okay. No competition here. No competition. I did write the offer and talk to the listing agent. <laughs> <laughs> but I sold the parents on it, right? I, I didn't sell anybody, but it was good to have the parents there. Okay. These guys are only 24 years old, and there was a really nice guy, the father, who was very knowledgeable and we actually love parents coming on the showings, by the way. Yeah, that well, because mostly. if they're going to have an opinion, we'd rather just have them there. And we can talk to them instead of them lobbing grenades all over the place and not seeing the house. Like we want them to see the house. So I talk to the team all the time about like I I love having parents there because they can because we know what we're doing. And if they can parents, see that we know like what we're if they can see that we know what we're doing, mm. then we're ninety percent of where we. And need. honestly, listen, I mean, I will be able to get a deal done on a live long day. I will be able to get offers accepted. I will like I will thrive in this real estate market. But listen, I've never been a contractor. I have not been in construction. Yep. I know a base level. Yep. I'm continuously learning. Listen, a year dad comes and he's got all this construction background. I'm not gonna try to one up him. I no. say absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I've got my set of skills and so do you. By all means, absolutely. Hey, I'll even learn anything you have to teach. That's right. That's well, I don't. With I don't have that that dynamic because I have a ton of construction experience. But I have to sometimes. Well, let you, the, a, you built a whole freaking golf course. I sometimes have to let the parents win, even when they're wrong. And, but it's inconsequential to the deal. Like I can't tell. Like if they say, "Well, it's gas," I'm like, "Well, there's the oil tank. It's an oil system." Like sometimes I have to. Yeah. I would hope you win. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's times when they're just they have an opinion about something, and there's no way yeah. to really Opinions tell heads or tails. Are a little different. <laughs> but no, it was good. I mean, but we were out, and and my my original instincts were right. Like they were in more pain than they were leading on. I mm-hmm. mean, if they weren't, they wouldn't have gotten on with the lender right away. Yeah, they wouldn't even never even asked the their financial planner because that's where it came from. They would have never even asked their financial planner for a name. Yeah. And I mean, like, but they and they did, even though they had a year, they still did take the right approach as far as like, you know, we know that we're going to have to move in a year. We're going to want to move in a year. Yes. But I do want absolutely. to get everything 
like set up and prepared and get, you know, ready to be able to do it next year. Absolutely. So they did talk to the lender. They did get paired with yep. us. And it's like, it just has to be really that, great that they were able to find something in their first 5000 And we are not going to try. I'm not, we are not doing this podcast to sell or anything like that. But I cannot tell you how many people say, well, we're not in a rush and they are out. They're under contract in no time. And because if they're talking to us, they're somewhat interested. And once they see that, like, just like this podcast talks about where you don't need all this money. Oh, the numbers aren't as bad as I thought they yeah, were. Yeah, you get the facts and you realize you like, oh, like, I can do it. Or it goes the other way and you like do your the smart thing by getting all your homework done yep. and tracking on things. Then you find that you're, you actually thought you were in a better place than you really are with your credit. And maybe the credit's like, okay, but if you did X, Y, Z, yep. then you'll it'll put you in the next tier to be able to get better rates. You can start doing that and they'll, the lender will straight just tell you like here's exactly what you need to do what you need to pay off and like and how much strategically to be able to get you into this and then yeah. you might kind of push your timeline back by a few months but you're going to be ready by the time you wanted to be ready yeah. that makes sense yeah, yeah. okay yeah. sometimes i don't yeah sometimes you ramble a little bit yeah. it's okay though ramble about like relevant information well, listen uh, sure let's skip to the end of this great story we have about ned and eleanor we found him a house showed him five houses well, and the, the point one. to them too. Well, yes. And now we're under contract and all should go well and smooth. And that's great. But also what I want to bring up about Ned and Eleanor and what inspired this question that I've asked to the public was that I'm like, as I'm going through, I was like, wait a second. I have their illustration because we literally just had them get. Can you explain to everybody what an illustration is? It's like a like when your kids are in school and they like doodle a little picture. Or... <laughs> it's a real estate podcast. <laughs> no, the illustration. So our not every lender does this. I will say so important to know. Not everybody does this. Find the right lender. We have one. C is really awesome software. You can literally just like plug in numbers. Yep. Show all the different options side by side, different loan options, and like we had talked about in like right before this about. Do you need to spend more to pay less monthly or what have you? It'll show you what all the closing costs are and how it gets there. Mm -hmm. And you can choose whichever one you're most comfortable with. So you're not being told like, well, here's your option. Suck it up and deal with it. That's what you got to do. I'll like, break this down a little bit simpler, Jen. An illustration. I'm so good at overcomplicating. I know you're so good at overthinking and overcomplicating. An illustration, guys, is simply a sheet of paper that shows you what you will owe given how much money you put down and the taxes and everything that's just going to illustrate what you actually are, will pay at settlement. It's yeah. an estimate, but yeah. it usually can be pretty close within a, like a hundred bucks a month. You usually know. try to overestimate versus under. And Yeah. So, but you looked at their illustration and you realize, oh, I just asked a question on Instagram that we actually have a, a person right here, Ned and Elnor. Yeah. And I mean, I knew it, I was going to put together the buyer's estimated cost sheet, like, yeah. right. And I'm like, eh. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. I love that. It saves me another step. I already know what I was going to have to do, but now I didn't have to do it because I already had it. That's right. Yeah. So, but so, yeah, so it was really great. They ended up finding one that worked best for them. They were comfortable with, and they were already comfortable with their course. And like theirs is not going to be the same as somebody else's. Yeah. So. So I think that the way that we want to leave this is that, and we're going to talk a lot about this on this podcast is dispelling a lot of these myths. This was one that was near and dear to Jen's heart. Well, because I had the conversation so many times. I know. Maybe I still will, but at least I can say, Could, here, watch this. It will because, <laughs> I, because I think you generally work with people who are probably not as cash flush as the people I work with. And that just comes with brag about experience. It. I'm not bragging about it. But I don't deal I don't deal with I don't deal with as many people who are I don't deal with as many Nate and or uh, Ned and Eleanor's as as probably you do. 
I do have Ned and Elnors come to me every once in a while. And that's why I hand them off to Jennifer Anuskis. Je- Jennifer Anuskis <laughs> and some other people on the team. But it's a very common thing where people think that they need to do a certain thing when it comes to real estate. And that is just not the case. Yeah. So that pretty much sums it up. There so, is no, uh, there so is no. There was a, something else you wanted. You wanted more feedback. So let's get, let's see if anyone here is listening to this, send us on Instagram and our information's at the end of this podcast. Send us a, a property that you like. And we will we send know you. you're on Zillow. We know we you're know on you're Zillow. Looking. We know you're on Realtor.com. We know you're not trying to buy a house right now, but we know you're looking. So, and you're wondering, so send us a property and we will run numbers for you and tell you what the monthly payment would be and how much money it would cost to acquire. Yeah. And we're not going to push you. But if you find out that that oh, was more possible, you got a goal. You, you can finally see something might be possible someday. That is absolutely right. And I will leave it. I will leave you, leave you with that thought is that the people that are smart in this industry are the ones who are having these conversations a year out, just like Ned and Eleanor. They thought it was 12 to 18 months and they're going to be in a house in 30 days. And, and I those, bet you Ned and Eleanor did not rely on Zillow's mortgage calculator. They did not. Please don't. Please because don't it is, that. that's rigged. And like... Ugh. It's nonsense. It tries to adjust it right off the bat by making you hopeful and think that it's like, oh, it's only going to be this much to buy this house. Bitch, click on that thing. Because I did it once. I was like, how did these people, like somebody came to me like, oh, well, like, yeah, because this like $500,000 house is only going to be like 2600 a month. And yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I like, I went to what they were looking at. I'm like, oh, yeah, because Zillow and Calculator just like chucked this up way up here and did... They just manipulate it to make it yeah. look pretty and shiny. Yeah, and it's the best people to consult as Real somebody person. who's local and understands this and does this every day, all day, not some Zillow algorithm developed in California. Didn't it work out so well, though, when they tried to be agents? Oh, we can talk about that another <laughs> that's time. Another, that's a, I, I, that's I, another topic that, entirely. <laughs> that, that's like inside baseball. I don't know if I don't know if our listeners would like hearing about that, but we can probably figure out an angle. But yeah, Zillow has been all over our asses for the last 10 years and they just pulled out. They realized that the real estate agent is not replaceable. And I feel really great about it because I could have told them that 10 years ago and they could have saved $450 million in investments. So, well, sucks to suck. Yep. All right. All right, guys. That's this episode. We'll catch you next time. Next one's going to be really fun though. Yeah. What are we talking about? Hello, dating in your thirties and the real estate market. Uh, This is another thing. Man, we're doing all these gen topics. I got to find some topics to talk about because it should be fun. I don't know. Maybe I should be fun. <laughs> it's tough to be as fun as Jen, but no, this will be a good one. This is- uh, well, I'll tell you, being married and the real estate market, they're not necessarily the same, but you'll yeah, find out why. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> All right. Catch you later. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Millennia. For more information or to connect with us directly, you can always get a hold of us on Instagram at Podcast double L double N, or through each of our pages at Januski Gets It Done or at Ask Seth Anything. Until next time, keep moving up. Later.